0: Welcome to episode 247. You generally want to find out what systems in your car are broken before a big road trip. It's true for your car and it's true for your ministry. Five critical systems to tune up today on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now... Here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 247 of the Reclaim Leader Equipping Churches for Turnaround Change. I'm Jason Tucker, here again with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? I'm doing great, Jason. You know,
1: it's summer. How did it happen? It's already... (laughs) it's already coming toward an end oh, I'm not ready for that but uh anyway had a great summer it's and August. now yeah, I know like, it's crazy like it's you know fall is around the corner fall kickoff all that kind of stuff and so it's that time of year where we kind of go okay are we ready do we need to kind of revisit some of our our basic uh, operations in order to be ready for for the fall. And it's a, it's a good excuse to just do some regular maintenance on some of the things that we need to be looking at uh, on a regular basis. And so uh, you're uh, leading us in a conversation today. We're talking about five systems that you want to focus on. So tell us a little bit about our conversation and then we'll jump in.
0: Yeah. So I was at the Honda dealer today uh, for two hours while they did a routine oil change, which of course turned into, "Hey, guess what we found? We found yeah, a, that's right, <laughs> yeah, we found a mythical creature living in your engine that needs to get exercised, you know, yeah, yeah, um, so, yeah, so anyway, there were some add-ons, but the whole reason why I'm going there is because we're about to take a trip to Vermont. This is our annual trip to Vermont. It's like a five and a half six hour drive. I don't want to find out on the way to Vermont that something was wrong with the car. I want to make sure that everything is cared for. We take care of everything and need a transmission fluid. All the things. We're going to be towing a trailer. It's probably pretty important to have that transmission fluid taken care of. So, you know, if you ignore what's going on with the systems, then when you need them to function, that's not when you want to find out something's wrong. So the idea <laughs> is it's if it's true with your car, I think it's definitely true with church. Right. We've been going hard on this idea that this is the time take a swing we think people are ready to come to church or ready to get engaged and so i don't want to find out in the middle of that that we have a bunch of broken systems that are messing everything up and causing causing us to be on the side of the road rather than get to where we want to go okay i won't beat that illustration to death but but i think that's it what are the systems that we need to make sure are in place as we're getting ready for the fall which in everybody's brain is that's when we get into our regular rhythm right? So how do we make sure that our regular rhythm isn't a season of breakdown, but a season of hopefully getting to where we want to go?
1: Yeah, good stuff. And I think these are you know, the five things we're going to look at. Super helpful. There's probably some other areas. Maybe if you don't hear one that's on the top of your list, maybe you add it to your list of things to look at or or whatever. But these are five that you uh, thought of that uh, are, I think, really critical for this season right now as we're thinking about how what's our how do we communicate? How are we connecting with bringing new people in? How are are people in the congregation communicated well with that kind of stuff? So let's jump in and talk about these systems that need to be looked at, make sure they're firing on all cylinders as we head into the fall.
0: Yeah. So I said five critical systems to tune up before September. This doesn't mean it like you need to do all these five right now. It's just what's one or two that you see that you need to start working on to get things ready. Here's the first one. The first one has everything to do with your church's new front door, and that is online streaming. Making sure your online streaming system is as healthy and as functional as possible, because a huge percentage of your people, at least, well, I'll speak from our church, a significant number of our folks are continuing to watch us online, and we hear about it kind of randomly, right? Somebody will come up and Oh, yeah, you know, it's the online's been great and it's been a great option for us because I have to work sometimes on Sundays and or, you know, whatever the issue is. Um, A lot of people are still consuming online worship, still participating in online worship. So making sure that we continue to make that as good experience as it can be, because it's not just for the folks who are worshiping with you online. Every visitor, potential visitor who wants to check your church out, what are they going to do? Yep. They're going to go online and they're going to see what it's like before they show up. How are people dressed? Does it look friendly? Is there anybody there? <laughs> right. know, like they want to know is is does the pastor make any sense or am I not connecting? Like it's the new front door and I know everybody in the church space is talking about that but it it's just because it's true. That's like yeah. that is the biggest Kind of front-facing, outward-facing thing that you're doing. So making sure your online experience is great is really important.
1: Yeah, and I think the, probably if you drill down on that even more, probably the message time, the sermon, is the kind of the probably the deciding factor for most. And so, or at least that's my impression based on conversations that we're having with people who find Marine View. And so, what our strategy right now has been is I think our people if it's not perfect or if it's a webcam from the back, they're kind of like whatever I love, you know, Marine View is great. They know who we are and that. But if we're thinking with our online presence in terms of people who aren't here yet that are trying to find us or find a church or, or exploring their, you know, who God is maybe for the first time or coming back to their faith or something thinking with that audience in mind with our online content, are we putting our best foot forward so they can get not only a sense of who we are, but, um, uh, that's it has a credibility to it. That's doesn't. It's not cringy. It's not awkward. It feels like okay. It's not super polished like some giant mega church or something. But it it's credible. They're thinking this through. It's well done. So yeah. you know, I think that's kind of my mindset is our people. If if it's not perfect for them, I, you know, I want it to be, but they're going to get over it. For the new person, the front door, you want it to be something where they go, yeah, let's go. We should we should show up. We should get to know these people more.
0: Yeah. I mean, and listen, there is something to be said for incremental improvement, right? Can you just make it better? I mean, just yeah. thinking about baseball, um, it's been a fun baseball season for me because I'm a Dodgers fan. We just had July was one of the best winning streaks of any team in the major leagues. It's like in the top 10, they, they were like 21 and five or five, I don't know what it was, 28 and five, something like that. And yeah, I was thinking about baseball and you know, the best hitters in the world hit the ball three out of 10 times. If you could hit one more hit out of 10 times, you're a Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever play the game like that. <laughs> incremental change really does matter. It can have a big difference. So yes. um, one of the things that we did and I would encourage you to do, there is a Free. Uh, tool that's offered by life church you know uh, craig grischel life church they developed the UVersion version bible app it's i think they're the largest church um non-denominational non-denominational church in america i think they are Uh, they're in a jillion locations all across the midwest anyway they have they created this free platform it's what they use for their streaming which by the way if you want to see what streaming can be go to life church or it's just life.church which you may want to do a study on that and how smart that was but uh, for the website but go to life.church and they actually stream their services like every i think it was like every half hour or 15 minutes and they have live hosts hosting so that they can interact i mean it's just incredible anyway yeah. they created a free platform it's like a skin that goes on that can live on your own Kind of like on your own website, but through this skin, you can you can do scripture, there's a chat function, there are buttons you can use to you know give here or whatever. It's awesome. And we've been using it for gosh, since maybe six months after the pandemic. We found out about it. It's absolutely free. It go to churchonlineplatform.com. Churchonlineplatform.com. And you could get it and set it up for your church. It wasn't hard to do. That's a way that you can up level because what you really want in those in the online streaming is engagement. Mm-hmm. You really want to meet the people, you want to connect with them, not just to care for them, but also to help them engage with the life of the church. So, I to me, that's a really big one to me. Yeah. Um, so, that's one thing that you could do that costs absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah. And I like that picture of incremental improvement because some I think you, you know, you're sort of thinking, man, we just don't have the tech that others have. We figured out how to make do during the pandemic and and maybe even took some steps forward that we wouldn't have otherwise. What's the next thing that you can do? What's another way to Iterate and and get a little bit better about um, about it. Whether it's adding maybe a second shot or um, figuring out how to get the text, uh, the scripture text, to layer in uh, as the you know the sermon's going, or you know things that you can do to continue to improve. So small increment incremental changes over time add up. So uh, stick with it.
0: Absolutely, and I want to point you to another um, article that I read. Uh, I, I I received no royalties for promoting uh, ChurchTechToday.com. I think that's okay. important to mention because you never know. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah they're, sure. they're paying him. Yeah. ChurchTechToday.com. I found uh, a thing that they have. called They call it a church live streaming guide. Church live streaming, the ultimate guide. And you could download it. It had some great practical tips on how to up-level your online streaming. So uh, ChurchTechToday.com. Check that out. All right. The second system. To be paying attention to, I think, is what's your assimilation system? In other words, well, let's just stick with online worship. How are you bringing somebody online into a more engaged experience of the church? How are you getting them into a small group? How are you connecting them with others? How are you getting them involved in the events that you're doing? What does that look like for you? How are you tracking where people are? How are you helping them take a step? That's assimilation. So yeah. Uh, Yeah, we got to figure that out because we want to make sure that we're not just great. We don't have a great front door, but we want to make sure that we have a place to bring them once they come through that front door.
1: Yeah, I think this is a tricky one because sometimes I think we mistake thinking of greeting as assimilation or welcoming as assimilation or a warm uh, environment as assimilation. Those things all help create the environment in which assimilation can happen. But assimilation is really maybe thinking of it as in terms of helping someone who's new stick, stick around, get involved yeah. and stick with your church. Right. So we get them engaged and involved with the community. And um this matters a whole lot. And you got to think about it in terms of guests coming in. Sometimes they want to be anonymous for a little while, but when they are ready to engage, is there a clear next step for them to take? Is there something that we're going to ask or encourage them to consider doing that will help them get more involved in the life of the church? And so Um, I tend to talk about it with our team this way is, you know, think about if out of every 10 guests that come say, if we could help two of them even stick around and become part of the life of the church over time, that's going to grow our community. And that's that's only 20 percent. That's two out of 10. But, you know, kind of the research over the years has shown us if we can get to that two out of 10 ratio or better, we're going to experience growth over time in the life of the church. And that's going to tell us we have a healthy assimilation system or you you know so I think this is a great one. I'm glad that you mentioned this one.
0: Well and it's it's hard to track people. Um now maybe if, if you're a very small church it's very easy to track new people coming in and that's where you have an advantage. But I think if you're a mid or even a larger small church, mm-hmm. um I think it starts to get complicated to track people. But then you're not just tracking people coming, you're tracking your own people. Now I, I know that when we talk about tracking and engaging people, it starts to sound a bit like how do we retain clients? You know, like it <laughs> yeah. sounds a bit goofy, but yeah. he, you understand it's the system behind the relationship. The relationships is the ministry, but you, you if you, if you have more than one person involved, right, you need some sort of system behind it to facilitate those relationships, right? Right. They, so that's the point of that. And I know a lot of churches use me- um like an assimilation or membership software. We are switching to a new one, uh, which is part database, part like tracking. You know where they are. We can give it sort of ministry pathways for people to sort of gauge. Like, oh, hey, they've not only been coming for the last six months, but they joined a small group. Uh, mm-hmm. Their kids uh, went to VBS. Uh, they started giving. Um, you know, they. It's a way to track how engaged are they, yeah. and what's an opportunity that maybe we can invite them to. Or if we're looking, hey who should we nominate to be deacons and elders? We can look back and see, well, this family's really engaged. So I mean they're all in. So they seem like they'd be worth talking to.
1: Yeah. So having a software system where you can identify someone and then look at, look around them and are there three or four things that they're involved with in the life of the church? Well, I think you can say that person is assimilated into the life of the church. They're engaged and they're connected. And so, but if you only find one thing, like they're coming on Sundays, but that's all we're seeing that's come to me going this person needs some support to help them find other points of connection because for us we found that if if a person or a family has three points of connection they're likely to stick around at least for a while and be, be engaged on the life of the church that's what we consider engagement and so if you have less than that there's too many possibilities like someone that comes only on sundays might have something come up where they get out of the habit or Um, They might hear something on a Sunday that they disagree with and they're like, well, we're done with this place. But if they were in a small group or if their kids were involved in youth ministry or if they were engaged in serving in some way in the life of the church or in the missions of the church, then uh, then having one of those places kind of get disrupted isn't going to cause them to fall out of the life of the church. And so I think tracking engagement is a key part of uh, helping people assimilate and become rooted and connected in the community.
0: So I would say most of the way that we track engagement is kind of organically, yeah. Um, which is very—I I don't know—it's really hit or miss. Not very if systematic. You don't have somebody right? in the room yeah. who really knows them. It, it's it's really hard to see where people are. So Tough. we yeah. just switched to a new database that will allow us to sort of be better so at this. If, yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit ch- about that. Yeah. Yeah. Church yeah. Is this is called Church Stack. It's uh I think it was Church Community Builder and then Pushpay bought them and they've uh created this new entity, which is pretty much the same thing. It's a church stack. So our hope is that we'll be able to track where people are on whatever pathway we hope that they'll mm-hmm. be on. So um what about you? I know you've been using uh software for a while now.
1: Yeah, we've used um a product called Breeze, um kind of for mid-size churches. Uh it's very adaptable to your personal needs. Each of our congregants who, who choose to have an online account have a personal dashboard with the various things they're involved with, um, access to online giving, those kinds of things. And then we can also see on the back end uh, who's involved in what. And we can track via tags and other things kind of going, OK, who's in groups, who's serving, um, how, how are those things going? So it gives us, a, uh, I think, a non-intrusive way of trying to just get a sense of how people are engaged in the life of the church. So Breeze has been helpful for us. Um, and again, neither you or I getting paid to say any of this. I know. This is what we're nobody, using, pays, right? nobody pays us. to yeah, say Yeah, nobody anything, does it. So. Yeah, you know, we're just here. I, you know. Yeah. So anyway, but the point is, <laughs> there's probably a software out there that would work for your church and um, whatever at whatever financial level you can sort of afford. Breeze is on the the more inexpensive side, and it has a really accessible online giving platform. If e giving is an area for improvement, which is what we're going to talk about next. It might be something to look at and consider. And I would encourage church stack sounds awesome as well. So find something, uh, or if you have something, evaluate how is it going? Is that system working as you hope or intend?
0: Yeah. And here's what I love about some of these newer systems is that you can integrate um, email sequences. So, and this is really cool. This is the stuff that I think helps churches that aren't mega churches pull off some of those really effective communications and that is i can set up a a sequence ahead of time like let's call it new person sequence it starts with a welcome email and then three days later another email will come hey um you know we're so glad you came just a reminder uh you know this is what's going on this sunday and then in five days hey um Just on Sunday, we announced about small groups or whatever, you know, you can have like an email. So you can have like three or four emails that automatically send and they're time based to every new person that comes automatically. So it helps solve the problem of follow up if you can automate some of that stuff. And that's what a lot of these new systems can do, which I think is really great.
1: Yep. Yep. Making making the things that we want to do that may not always have the time or the discipline to do more. Or the people. More or people, yeah, you more know, predictable and more replicable in the life of the church. That's what a system is—a reliable process, yeah. right? Yeah, so exactly,
0: yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so then the next you teed it up is giving or financial systems. Um, listen, I I know I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that e giving uh not only works but it is has it very quickly become the bedrock of of church giving. It's the, mm-hmm. it's more reliable it's um it's it's the way that younger generations like to give and i I don't know i love it i personally it's how i give to the church i love it yeah i absolutely love it now i know some folks are like no i want the offering envelope and i want to do checks and that's great but most of your income going forward is only going to continue to be online right yeah. So making sure that, you, that you're that you happy with that system, that it makes sense, that it works seamlessly with your database uh, and your, you know, kind of other financial metrics that you use is really, really important because, listen, if people are coming to church less often, as all the articles have told us, e-giving is, is a regular schedule. You know, I go to church once out of four weeks, but I could set it up that I give every week. Even if I'm not there every week and that is a huge benefit to the life of the church. So, yeah. um, again, we use push pay. We're really happy with them. Push pay makes, makes a promise. I don't remember the exact number of the promise, but it's something like if your giving doesn't go up the first year in the, with this percentage, we will waive your fee to be part of push pay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And ours breezes, um, uh, it doesn't offer guarantees and things like that, but it is a very simple basic system that, um, Makes it easy for folks to give. Again, you're looking for something where you can create uh, multiple, um, you know, avenues for people to give to the general fund or to designated things like missions or activities and different kinds of things like that. You just want to make it easy and accessible for folks. And then, what's cool with the, you know, nice uh, the online stuff is that you can do those generate those automatic thank yous and things yeah. that remind people that their giving matters for the mission and ministry of the church and and, and that kind of thing. And so. I don't know about you, though, Jason, I'm sure there's a question out there for someone that is thinking in terms of how then do we talk about and make sure that our our giving our offerings to the Lord are a consistent part of the conversation. Do you guys still collect a physical offering? How do you handle that part? How do you make sure that this, you know, that sort of giving thanks for and acknowledging and honoring the gifts of the people, how is that how do we handle that in light of online giving? Yeah,
0: I think that's something that we're still trying to figure out because we are not we didn't go back to passing the plates. Um, we were sort of happy to get rid of that part of the service, R- really just just for um, just for outreach purposes. A lot of our new folks who are coming in, are are coming to us with a lot of baggage of church. One of their big, consistently biggest things is uh, feeling like the church just cares about their money. So in a way, it's been a a gift to not do that. However, um, I know there's some folks in our more traditional service who long to have that back. We may bring it back for them. Mm -hmm. Um, That may be something that we do. Right now, we're sort of having a hard time finding people. You know, enough ushers to be a part of that again, because once once the volunteers gave up having to be there, they don't seem to miss it, having to uh, show up. And I
1: think this is one of those areas to practice discretion. Right. I I don't know. There's a one size fits all. If passing the plate is something that happens in the life of your congregation, that's meaningful and important creating space and saying, Hey, there's a great online giving option available. And if you're new or a guest, please feel no pressure or obligation to give. Yeah. I mean, you really got to acknowledge that piece, but for us too, we we're no longer passing um, the plate. We have an offering box in the back and about too, once, yeah. once or twice a, a month, I'll say something like, Hey, and if you're wondering how to give at Marine View, I know that's important uh, to many of us as followers of Jesus. Um, and so here's, here's how that works at Marine View. We encourage you to go to breeze and, and create an online giving account and and do it that way. But if you'd rather give in person, there's an opportunity to do that every Sunday and you can use that box in the back. Let us know if you need envelopes or any of those kinds of things. Thanks for, you know, all the ways that we work together for the mission and ministry here. So I think talking about it sometimes, but not all the time. And in a very relational, non pressury kind of way is, is the right way these days.
0: I, I agree. And that's a good reminder. Just hearing you talk about, it. it's a good reminder to me that, that we don't really do that much and we need well, to just out do of sight, out
1: of mind a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, bit. so online every so often we diff we do our online stuff a little different than you all where I pre-record and we, um, we do a studio based thing rather than a, a live stream. And we're always evaluating. We may shift that, but I'll say from time to time something like, you know, if you're if you've been joining us online and you're wondering how how to give at Marineview, if that's of interest to you, here's some steps that you can take to do that. And so, not all the time, but often enough that it's a consistent part of announcements, really.
0: Yeah, um, and and, and to sort of uh, kind of backtrack a little onto online streaming, if you use that free skin from Life Church, yeah, you right could there. tell them just click on the give button. On, on top right I mean it's that easy to yep, set up exactly
1: so. right so these systems kind of integrate and go together here
0: they they do but it's not just e-giving and I just I want to make sure that I mention this we're yeah. we're brainstorming now at Tower Hill about how can we increase um giving from folks who give sort of in non-traditional ways in other words people who come to your church for whatever reason either don't give often or they like to give to sort of specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that that we've noticed in our area is that you know there's a there's a bunch of nonprofits that are having no problem getting gifts, but they do it through fun stuff, right? So they'll do, uh, you know, Boys and Girls Club. They do a golf tournament. It's a huge success every year. Um, you know, a couple couple you know nonprofits here in our town that we support they do different galas or or dinners or 50, 50 raffles or whatever it is. And they raise a lot of income from people who don't usually give another way. That's the way that they give. And so we were thinking, how do we start developing more opportunities for people to give that also can create fellowship and relational opportunities. So we, we don't have a plan just yet, but we're in the planning phase of figuring out how can we supplement our operating budget by encouraging people to participate in these other giving opportunities Mm -hmm. so i thought i'd mention it because somebody out there might hear oh yeah you know what we could do that that's a good idea let's let's think about uh, about doing that so anyway I don't yeah, know if that's something of, you guys have thought of at all. But. No, we
1: really haven't um, yet. But I know that's a part of the conversation is not only thinking of like an event like a golf tournament. I think that's a lot of fun. People in your community, that might not be church people go, hey, they do a lot of good things for kids in our community. I can go and support that. And it sounds like fun. Or the other lane that pe- I've heard people are trying to figure out, is there something in your facility that you can utilize or turn towards a purpose that might generate some income? operating income for the, for the congregation, a coffee shop or other kinds of ideas like that, where we might need to grow our, the, how we think about, um, income in the life of the church for the sake of our operating budgets. So I think it's important to be thinking about those things, whatever the concrete ideas are that, that come out of it, but it's an important question to ask.
0: All right. So system number four, Internal communication, internal communication. That's how are you communicating to your people who are already in the building? This is to do with leaders, staff, volunteers, the entire congregation. How are we communicating? Mm -hmm. Um, How are we making sure that we're all using a shared language for what's happening in the life of the church? How do we make sure that we are clear Mm -hmm. about what expectations are? Um, we're having this big event. How are we talking about it together inside? Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things that I notice is, I mean, again, my, my pastor, that when I was coming up through youth ministry, Bill Kemp used to always say, I quote him all the time. He said, communication is a miracle. He would usually say that in times of great frustration, but, um, <laughs> yeah. it is communication yeah. is a miracle. So how are we making sure what's our system of communication? Do you have an internal newsletter that goes out to the congregation? If so, are you making sure that you're communicating your most important things? Or are you, is it everything and it, it, things are getting lost? Are you communicating well with your staff and volunteers? Are you forgetting, are you leaving out your volunteers? You're just telling your staff and you hope they're going to tell the volunteers. And are things getting lost in the relay? Now's the time to figure out how do we make that system work better. And if you don't know if it works, just start asking people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear it in between the lines too. If you're not hearing the kinds of things that you've been communicating, I mean, there's a gap, but asking people is really important. And then I always think of too, internal communication is not only downstream communication, what we're the message we're trying to get out, but do we have a system for hearing back how things are going and that's the part of the communication internal communication system that i'm not such a huge fan of because i always (laughs) don't like i don't always like what i hear right but that's that that second part is what we're trying to communicate landing and how would we know well we got to hear back from folks and so um yeah listening well to see if what we're trying to be on the same page if those did those three talking points that we said about our upcoming celebrate 100 event at marine view are those are those loose in the congregation are we hearing that language or is it, it or, or did it get lost in translation somewhere along the yeah. way so important stuff
0: i think about like a venn diagram right what what do what do the the elders or the leaders in your church the staff the volunteers and the rest of the congregation what are the critical things that they all need to hear and make sure that they all hear this communication Yeah, and it's usually uh, less things than than you think. <laughs> it's just about being consistent. So yeah, wouldn't how how you rather
1: have people know two things really well than 10 things not so well? Yeah. Like I mean, you know, and then yeah, it's tough because everybody's thing is the most important thing to them. And so what are the major things that everybody needs to know about? There's always a judgment call on on, on uh, how to get the word out in the life of the church. So internal communication system, think about that. And then your fifth one is related. It's also communication it's about external communication so yeah. talk us through that system
0: your external communication systems are just as important what are your outward facing communications could you communicate quickly if you had something happening in your building and you had to close a sunday now why is that important well you know that person that was checking out online they they've got their kids ready they got they're getting ready to drive to church and they show up and Doors are locked. There's nothing going on. Is there, do you have a reliable communication system? How quickly can you get something on your website? Right? How quickly can you change your phone message? How quickly can you make sure that everything's communicated across social media? Like these are the things to think about. How good is our external communication? How do we talk about major announcements to the community? How do we give updates on what's happening in the life of the church? How do we utilize social media? Remember, you know, we've talked about the 80-20 rule, right? You talk about yourself 20% of the time, talk about the community 80% of the time. We are still striving toward that. Oh, man. We're so far. (laughs) I don't know how many years we've been talking about it. We (laughs) are still working on that. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But anyway, making sure that those communications are ready. Because again, I think a big battle right now in our information age is how do we communicate information clearly, internally and externally? with all the different demands that we have and with the flood of communication we get every single day. So yep. making sure those systems are are shored up will be really helpful.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's good stuff, Jason. And so, you know, false getting here. It's an excuse to take the car into the shop, get it checked out. You guys are heading off on a family trip. Don't want any surprises along the way. Get under the hood, take a look, tinker around a little bit, change the oil if you need to. Just got new brake pads on my car. Like you need to you need to think systems. Because healthy systems lead to healthy community and uh, facilitate relationships was where ministry happens, as you said. And so we want good systems, not so that we have this shiny, polished, fancy thing, but because it facilitates the ministry that we want to be about and the work that God is doing in people's lives. So systems matter and uh, the, the process that we have or don't have um, is going to make an impact. So we got to think through these things.
0: Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Hope that you're doing great out there. Hope you're getting some rest this summer and you're preparing for the fall. And I hope that we are helping you as you do that. Again, Jason or Jesse at ReclaimLeader.com if you want to reach out. Leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help other people to find the podcast or better yet, share it with your colleagues. And until next time, we just want to remind you that ministry is hard. It is so much better when we do it together. Take care. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.